I'm Andy Brownell, News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM, along with Rochester City Council Member Sean Palmer. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Andy. Thank you for having me on the show again. I'm. It's my pleasure to have you on the program. Always enjoy our chats and a chance to get caught up on some of the things happening with city government. Speaking of city government, you took care of what I consider the main task of the city council. But a week ago, two weeks ago, uh, you enacted the budget for the next year. Yes, two weeks ago, um, as of today, when this is going to air, and we uh, set our levy rate at 6.8% increase. Now, if you just kind of explain it to people, your valuation on your home is done by the county, and it's based on sales of similar houses. And the state law is that they have to be within 5% plus or minus of that dollar amount. So that tells us the big pie that we have to take to our budget and say, this is where it's gonna come from. So if your valuation on your house did not go up, your taxes actually went down because we have more people in the pie paying for things. But if your valuation went up, then your taxes went up. And, and so that's kind of how that goes. Um, so people understand what 1% of the levy is about $800,000. And I always use general numbers because it's just easier for, to explain to people. But $800,000. So if you said, Sean, my taxes are too high. I want you to cut something. I'm, I'm with you. Um, tell me where you want me to, to take $800,000. If you think about an employee, basically entry level benefits and everything else, I always use the round number of $100,000. So, you know, where would you like to cut uh, in the city for services? About 68% of our... 50, excuse me, 58% of our budget goes to police and fire. Um, and so that's a, a part of it. 15% goes to public works. On average, the average home pays about $25 a year to have their streets plowed. Not just their street, but all the streets in Rochester. So, you know, if you wanted to save $25, we could all go out and shovel our street, but I don't think many people want to. <laughs> Is that actually, I mean, that that works out pretty close to that. For my annual taxes, about $25 of it goes towards the plowing. That is correct. Well, that's a bargain if you look at it that way. Well, you know, it, we're, you have to understand that, that every dollar that we get comes from a taxpayer and that taxpayer had to work to get that dollar. Um, and I, I, I really do take that to heart. It's not just a statement. Um, you know, how do I want my dollar spent? And I'm a very frugal person in, um, um, but city has some obligations and, and, and I don't have a lot of people who say, boy, we have too many police on the, on the force. And, you know, our police department is an investment. Um, our police department has body cameras, which is an investment. Um, I'm just, I can't believe like towns like Austin, their police officers do not have body cameras and, and that protects the citizen, but it also protects the city and also protects the officer um, out there. And it's very easy to say, you know, this is what the, the policeman said to me, police officer said to me, and, and you can look at it on the, on the tape and say, yeah, no, that's not what actually happened. And, and um, I don't want a Monday quarterback our, our, our police officers. Um, I don't think that's right because, you know, two o'clock in the morning, the lights are flashing and I could have said this and I said that, um, you know, and, and, and we do hold our, our, our police officers to a standard that is high. And, and uh, again, it's an investment. So um, 
You mentioned $800,000 per 1% of the levy increase. So if it's at not quite 7%, you know, that's a bit over $5 million is what you're talking about then. Yes. And that's the levy that increased overall for the whole city operation. You know. Right. Yes. Yes. So what, what drove that increase of the $5 million? Well, a couple things did. And one of them back is when we had COVID, um, we held our levy at zero. And, and when we did that, we only held probably 10 to 12 positions open. So we filled those 12 positions um, um, because we needed to, or we rearranged those positions. Inflation um, has hit us just as much as it hit everybody else. Uh, just the cost of more roads to plow and, and more of this to do. And and, um, um, and so those are most drivers of, of, of where our increase is. Is there any... Um Key features of this budget, any uh, any new programs, new initiatives that are contained in this spending blueprint? Not that I would would say, you know, it's a two-year budget kind of, and in, in, it is a two-year budget. And um, we did add a diversity inclusion person a year ago um, to help with, with, with those goals. That was an added job that we put on. Um, we're holding open a building inspector job right now because in, because of, of housing is not as going as, as fast as we thought it would. Um, it, it, it's also in this budget is RPU, which is which is I think almost um, what is it about twenty percent of the budget. So that's a, a revenue neutral to say the, the least, but it's it, it's in that budget. Um, and so there's some of those items like that. We have the airport, which is about budget neutral. Um, we have 950 employees total in the city of Rochester. So it's, a, it's not a small operation. No, not at all. And it, it's a growing city. And you pointed out, um, the, <laughs> for those who are current homeowners, the biggest problem we face is that it is a growing city and our home values have gone up significantly because of the demand for housing. And uh, that's going to translate into a higher valuation which means many of us are seeing significant increases this or the coming year because of that alone. Did you did you hear from folks about that during the public hearing that preceded the vote? You do, and, and you do hear from other people, and, and it's kind of a sad statement to make that I hear that you can't fight City Hall or that we don't care. We do care. We do listen. Um, we started working on the budget in April, and the budget really does reflect the, the community's wants and needs and 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 and, and mostly the, the needs of what we have and, and where do we where do we go with it. So it's a it's a long process. It's one that's open to a lot of discussion. Um, and we do have people who come and explain to, you know where they are. It, the other side of that is is that you do you know to get the increase in the value of your home you have to sell your home and to replace your home would be expensive. And so you know the the home is most people's biggest investment. And you want it to go up in, in, in value. And, and, you know, I'm proud that our, our community is growing and our valuation is going up. I mean, the city of Duluth and their census, they're, they're, they didn't grow. I mean, they had very few percentage wise, houses wise, and their valuation is very flat. Um, you know, in part of our budget, and I, this is kind of a bugaboo to me into the city of Rochester is that we have LGA, which is the aid that we get from the state of Minnesota. Ours is down to $4 million this next year. Um, the city of Duluth gets $20 million. Um, and that's based on an old formula that is, is archaic. 
Part of it is this homes built before 1940. Part of it is accidents that happen in your community. Um, and part of it is just plain stupid politics. And, and, you know, so if you see your state legislative people, your, your House of Representatives, you see your state senators and say, hey, Rochester is, is only getting $4 million for LGA. It cost me $7 million to run the library. It cost me $8 million to run the park and rec department. And, and you know, that is just a, I use the word crime, but it's just an absolutely horrible number for the city of Rochester. Um, and it hurts us. And it's gone down from, I think we were at one time at 16 million. I think you're right. I, uh, my memory serves me right. I was going to say 15 or 16. Yes. And so that, that number there is just an absolute hurts our budget, hurts our, our people of Rochester, and, and it's going down. Now, I will say that that our Senator Nelson held us um, harmless last year in the tax bill if that would have passed, and, and, and so did our, our Democratic friends, um, but, but that did not get passed, and so we right now have to budget for $4 million is all for LGA. And, and that does hurt us. And, and the other side of, I always tell our legislative people, and we will be meeting with them in the next two weeks, uh, to touch base and let them know what we, we what our needs are for our citizens um, is that, you know, Rochester has an airport. Rochester has a sewer plant, a water plant. We have a bus service. We have a library. We have a park and rec. Minneapolis and St. Paul don't have that. And, and people don't realize that. And, and there's a lot of things that happen in all those situations, you know, like park and rec. Our park and rec department, the recreation part of it, really builds on on partnerships builds on youth football youth soccer youth basketball um our aquatics is run by 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 other people our lifeguards are run by by the the, the pool people yeah tennis club you know they raised half half of the price of, of of everything for the tennis center i mean so we have a partnership that we try to be really really frugal in how we do things and in in provide a service and rochester's always done that um, I think average home is about $40 per house for, for park and rec. It's $180 for Minneapolis. So and that, and that gets paid to the Metropolitan Council. No, not, not the parks. Well, parks is separate up there and, and, and they have their own taxing authority. They're elected park board members, but, but all the other things, the airport, the, the sewer plant are all handled by the MAC, um, Minneapolis, uh, Metropolitan Airport Commission or the, um, they're handled by the um, Metro. the Met Council right. handles their sewer and everything else. The bad thing about it is, is that that you have an outside unelected agency that is making decisions for you on sewer and streets and 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 um, trains. And if you if you follow the train debacles up there, um, they're they're not cost effective. All right, we have to take a break, so we'll continue <laughs> with our chat with. Rochester City Council Member Sean Palmer here on Rochester Today in just a moment here at News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. City Council Member Sean Palmer with us. I'm Andy Brownell on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. There's one thing I wanted to ask you about, John, and it's it's not only the City Council is dealing with this issue. I know the Rochester School Board has dealt with this issue and the Olmstead County Board has dealt with the issue. Um, It's the public comment period that precedes the meetings, which all of a sudden this, well, I wouldn't say all of a sudden, but it's been this past year, uh, have really become a rather contentious issue that um, I'll, I'll put out. When I covered city council on a, 
there was 20 years where I had to go to every meeting. <laughs> and <laughs> there was a handful of times uh, of those 20 years when a citizen would actually use that public comment period uh, to get up and uh, address the council and usually or the school board or the county board. And it was usually pertaining to an issue dealing with their property, their business, uh, a subject that was before the council. But now you being a council member and other governmental bodies in the city are seeing a sizable amount of time, every meeting that you have being taken up by people wanting to address the council or other governments about things that might not necessarily have to do anything, have anything to do with what the council is dealing with at that session. Is, is that a fair ex- explanation? It is some, yes, it is. It's a very difficult situation for us because we are the only ones that videotape our, 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 open comment period. And we've had the debate whether or not we should be doing that or not. When they first installed the video that, to do that, the debate was, should we do it or not? They were afraid that people would hop in their car, drive down and raise hell. Um, they also were afraid that people are just going to be acting because they're on TV and and do that. It, and uh, my philosophy or, or where I've come from on it is, is that it's our open comment period. You can come talk to us about any issue you want. Um, spend four minutes and 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 let us know what you think. Um, a lot of the, the, a lot of people will come and now have expressed opinions that we really we can't do anything about, um, and they just want to be heard. And, and we will extend our time. We do a lot twenty minutes to it, and we do have ask you to sign up. We do ask for your name so that we know who you are. You get into the problem of liability of of, of people saying something that's not true, and and do we let that go out? The other problem that we have as a city council is, is that we do want to listen to our citizens and, and, and we don't want to take that away. But again, that liability part of it um, is, is tough because if you start talking about, you know, this happened and, and it's not true, then how do we rectify that? The thing that we do not do is that we do not answer anybody because we, it's not a debate. It's not a, somebody might say, do you understand this? And we sit there and we don't answer that. We have a rule that we don't do that. We can at the end of the meeting if we decide to. Um, and the staff, um, 99% of the time, will send out a reply saying this is what this is what this is about. Um, but otherwise, you get into this debate, you know, debating society, and, and we that's not productive for anybody. Um, so that's kind of where where we're at with it. We do have rules and regulations, and we started to enforce that you get to speak once per month um, for four minutes. If you want to speak the next time you can do it, but it's only for two minutes and only if we have time. And so um, it's, 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 it becomes difficult. It becomes difficult when they want to um, talk about the mayor, I'll, I'll just say, and, and, and want to just yell and scream at the mayor and that's not a good thing. And the mayor um, doesn't, doesn't want to respond to that. Um, and so that makes it more difficult. Um, if you want to come down and tell me your taxes are too high or, or, or our snow plowing is bad, or you want to say, Sean, you made a bad decision, I'm all for that. But this this um, stuff that we can't do anything about is really difficult for us to deal with. And, you know, freedom of speech is important to me and it's important to the city council. So that it's a, it's a difficult issue, Andy. Is there an obligation for the city to hold an open comment period? Is that part of... Any sort of uh, charter direction, or is it just something that's become a, a practice? 
it's one of our policies as a city council and and as a city council we have a couple sets of of standards and one of them is the charter and it doesn't say much about our meetings other than when they will be um but our policies that the city council has and it takes five of us as a super majority to set our, our policies and and we set the policy a long time ago um to to film these um we we set the policy of, of who could speak and when they could speak um, and so those are our policies where we've kind of gotten ourselves into a bind and, and I think as a, as the city council matures, we're going to have to take ownership more. And so these aren't the city's rules. These are our, our rules. And as a city council, we need to say, Hey, um, this is our rule and we need to enforce that. It's not the city attorney's job to enforce that. Um, and so I hopefully in the next couple meetings, you'll see a, a little difference on how we handle, um, those items if that makes sense. One, okay. of the things, one of the things we changed was instead of, of saying, you know, Sean, you did this or Mayor, you did this, it, it's you have to speak to the president because the president is is basically the, the, the person in charge of the of the council. She runs our meetings. Um, and so you need to speak to her when you hand out things. You need to hand them to the city clerk because we need to have a record of that. Um, we may, I mean, if it gets to be bad, we, we may have to, and I would hate to do this, is, is um, take the time down or take it off the filming and and not have it be be filmed. The difficult part of that is is if somebody shows up and says, "Hey, I don't like this snow plowing," for an example, and then at the end of the meeting I start talking about snow plowing, you have no idea where I'm coming from. Um, and so there that there's one of the reasons that for me that I like to have it be filmed. Um, but if you know we get into liableist information, and, and one of them is is that there's a neon sign at the library and and there's um been there for 25 years and and there was an internet statement that that meant that there's child molesting or something and and you know obviously we looked into that and it's not a, a true statement but some people just won't won't take that as fact and and so they'll bring that up and and we can't have people be li liable when they're when they're talking at our open comment period so it's been it's it's become very difficult um, again, freedom of speech to me is very important and, and, um, but you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a right for us to, 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 on our meetings to be televised. I mean, you know, it's something that we could take away. I don't know if there'd be four pe or five people would want to do that. Is, um, has it been a, you know, I, I referenced a relatively recent phenomenon that this forum has been used in the way it is being used by some people, um, during your time on the council when you first joined the council was this a problem then or has this become a problem fairly recently um i i think that it's become more of a problem i think that that covid kind of uh, 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 made this a little bit tougher for everybody uh, the masking debate literally i had 200 emails for it and 200 emails against it i had people sending me videos on both sides where this doctor said this or this article said this and and, and that was one of these factors that, that, that really um, hit, you know, really hit a lot of people. I think, you know, when somebody says to me, I read on the Internet, um, I read five different newspapers. And, and, you know, I read the Wall Street Journal, the St. Paul paper. I read the Rochester Post Bolts. I read the Minneapolis paper. Um, and so, you know, I like to see where I get my news from. Um, and, of course, I listen to Carol C. Radio for my news. But, um, um, you know, I mean, you, you want to get somewhat not biased and, and be able to read. 
I don't know if everybody takes that time to research their 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 information anymore. Yeah, it's a very difficult thing. Uh, I I agree with you. The way uh, I see younger people, especially that they're relying on social media as a, a new source rather than doing what you're doing and um, searching out different viewpoints. And uh, yeah, I, I don't envy you being in that position uh, to have to deal with that issue. It's I agree, it's difficult. Well, and and. For me, I enjoy a debate. I enjoy difference of opinion. I, I would rather have somebody say to me, Sean, did you think about this? When I worked at the front desk at the Dan Abram, the neat thing I liked about it was somebody could walk by me and say, Sean, you did a great job, or Sean, you did a horrible job, or hey, Sean, did you think about this? And and you know, I I, I welcome the the input. The the sad thing is, and I think this is where people are are, are, are going to hurt us is the simple fact that some people will say, you know, good candidates will not be running for city councils and county commissions and, and state house seats because of the hostility and the, and the inability to, to have a, a decent conversation. And I think that that's almost a death spiral that, that you need to have good people running. And, and, and I don't mean by that, that you have to agree with Sean. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. Um, but have a good debate and, and, and get rid of hostility and, and listen to what people are saying. And, and I think that that's what's missing right now in our society. And um, I don't know how we change that. And I run for city council. I ran four times in the fifth ward. I love the city council. I, I love Rochester. I want it to be better. I don't have all the answers, um, but I do, I do like to listen to other people's opinions. And it's it's I, I'm just afraid that our candidacy is not going to be the quality that we need to have. All right. With that note, we'll take our break for news and come back in a moment with more with City Council member Sean Palmer on Rochester Today. News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. I never write reviews, but Navaj is Rochester Today. I'm Andy Brownell. News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. And... Uh, Rochester City Council member Sean Palmer with us from his monthly update. Uh, the last time, Sean, you were in, it was right before you went before the Charter Commission with a proposal to change the way um, the board members are chosen for the Rochester Public Library. That was more significant changes there, but also changes to the Rochester Park Board and also a proposal that would have changed the way the directors of those two departments are managed. Maybe you can bring us an update on what went down with the Charter Commission and where that proposal stands today. Okay. Um, and I, I did make a presentation to the Charter Commission. And so, so people understand the Charter Commission is a group that is appointed by a district judge. And our charter is the rule book or the, the, the rule book for the city of Rochester, how we run things. And so they look at the charter, they look at issues that come up. And so I brought the issue of our three charter boards, and, and that is RPU, library, and park. And, and RPU is run as an enterprise fund. And so, so there's, there's reasons why they have who they have on there. And so three things about it. Number one is, and I want to make very clear to everybody, that we want park and rec and we want the library to remain charter boards. They will remain a charter board. We're not changing that at all. The, the next part of this is the department heads right now are hired and supervised and fired by 
the park board or the library board. And, and they make all the decisions, the park board and the library board, all the city council really does is hand them money and say, here, this is what you, we, you want, this is what we think you need, this is what you're gonna get. And so the proposal is to take those two department heads and move them to be city directed from the city administrator. And, and the, the funny thing about it is they do work together already and, and, and they are part of the budgeting, they are part of the, the hiring and firing and the supervision of, of these two department heads. And so that part of it, and I think listening to the mayor on your show, um, the mayor supports that um, and, uh, and, uh, and the charter commission will support that. The second part of, the, of my proposal is, and, and the reason for it is, I want the park board and library board to be more responsive to the citizens of Rochester. I want the city council members to be more responsive to their uh, library board and to their park and rec board. So this proposal that I've made is that um, everybody would, would be in a ward. So if you are on the park board library board, you'd be representing a ward the council president then would get to pick one person and then the mayor would get to pick two people and recommend them to the city council. So we'd make a recommendation to the city council, we'd vote on it and then those people would be would, would be the, the, the representatives for those areas. And so when you run for office and you get elected, you get sworn in in January, March, you would say, I would like to have John be my, or Steve or Sue be my county, my, my library person representative or my park, person. And then four years later, if I got reelected, I could pick somebody else or we could keep that same person. If I was defeated or I didn't run, then then the new council person would get to make that recommendation or keep that person in there. And in the midterm, if somebody decided that they needed to move or they weren't interested in being on these boards anymore, the mayor again would then get to recommend to the city council and do it. So Tom Ostrom on your show had had to comment about it in um, you know, he did a pretty good job explaining it, but I think that the rationale for it is gets lost. And that is what's the best way to represent everybody in Rochester. And that I think is to your city council member. It takes politics out of it because it's not one person appointing everybody. It's, it's, it's literally seven of us. Um, I like the fact of nine members. I like the fact that three of them would be over everybody. And so after I just explained that to you, the, the Charter Commission listened to my my ideas and we had some good discussion about it and they decided um, in their January meeting to have an open comment period that you can come and say, hey, um, I shouldn't say that, it should be a public hearing. And during that public hearing, you can come and say what you feel. And um, I will speak again for, for my proposal. And then they will vote and they will make a recommendation to the city council. The city council then will have to take it under advisement and vote on it. And we have to have seven votes um, uh, to, to make it to charter change. If it doesn't get seven votes, then it goes back to the, the, the charter commission and they could then say, we want to put out a referendum. I don't know if they would do that or not, but my feeling, if I could read the room correctly, there's some debate whether or not they wanted the mayor to lose that much authority. I don't think she's, or they would be losing that much authority. Um, you know, and so that's kind of the long answer to your question. Okay, uh, but it's two separate proposals, right? So that is correct. They, okay. Yes. So the one could move forward potentially or both. Correct. Or and, neither. And, okay. And 
you know, from a po- political perspective, I could tie the two of them together and have people go, well, you know, I like 90% of this and, and 40% of this, but I got to vote for it. So I think it makes better government to separate those two issues and because they are separate issues. Um, you know, and, and we just want things to um, be more representative of, of your city council member. And I think it, 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 it to me, and I did a lot of research and I talked to a lot of different people. They, they like this idea other than one person and she doesn't get a vote. Oh. <laughs> and that one person would be the person who would lose a little bit of authority under this arrangement, which would be the mayor, I imagine. <laughs> and I get along with the mayor and, 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 um, um, and I did talk to her ahead of time on this and, and I did talk to the library director and I did talk to park and rec department uh, director and just, you know, ask them. And I, and I literally went into this conversations asking people, listening to what they had to say. And, and, and I think my proposal will probably be tweaked by the, by the charter commission a little bit. Um, I want to make sure that people understand that the city council members would be recommending um, to the city council and then we would vote on it. Um, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, uh, things people could say, well, this could happen or that could happen, but I think we've got that pretty much worked out. And, um, I think it will be more response. I know it will be more responsive to the community. It goes back to the fourth ward. Um, you know, we had a, a position that was open on the fourth floor uh, with the park board, sat empty for six weeks. It, um, finally, um, Mr. Builderback, former council person for that area stepped up and said he would, he would represent that area. Um, and so, you know, I think that as a council member, it's our responsibility to make sure those are filled. And I think this would help us get those filled. All right. And that will be a public hearing uh, next month. So we'll keep an eye on that and see what happens. Yes. I think okay. if I remember correctly, they meet on the third Tuesday of the month and they meet every other month. And I would just say, if you want to be on the charter commission, they're taking applications right now and there's seven openings. So, um, you know, if people want to be on the charter commission and go, I would advise you to go back and look at a few of their meetings. And so you'd know what you're getting yourself into, but it's a, All right. it's a pretty, it's a, we just had two members, I believe who got awards from the mayor for 20 years worth of service. Wow. So. All right. And as you pointed out, that board is actually selected by the, I believe it's the chief judge of the third judicial district or the chief judge for the city of Rochester or the Olmstead County. It's for the district. Yes. And and that's, it's it's a, it's it's supposed to be, and it is nonpartisan and and we are a nonpartisan city. You know, when we became a, a, a city of the first class, we made the decision not to have party affiliation. And I'm glad that we did that. And uh, we're nonpartisan. And I think that that's a great asset for the citizens of Rochester, because I can go talk to my Democratic Senator or my my Republican Senator. I can talk to my House of Representatives who are Democrat and Senators. I have a first district Congressman who's a Republican now and, and, and Tim Walsh was a Democrat when he was there. So, you know, I don't want to have somebody say, well, you're not in my party. I'm not going to agree with this. Um, you know, as, as, as I think Mayor um, um, Hosama always said, the pothole never doesn't know if you're a Republican or a Democrat. It just wants to be filled. So. <laughs> okay. So. Well, that, we'll take our break with that kernel of wisdom from our late Mayor Hazama. I like that. We'll back in a moment with more uh, with Sean Palmer, Rochester City Council member out of Rochester today. News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Here's Chip Davis. Good morning. Andy Brownell with 
Council member Sean Palmer on Rochester Today, News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. And uh, Sean, I know a lot of the discussion over the last six months or so in the city and before the city council has been in regards to Soldiers Field Park and the golf courses in general. What's going on with all of that? Well, uh, I would tell you it's probably more like 16 months that we've been working on this. 16, okay. <laughs> so Soldiers Field used <laughs> to have a have a master plan, and they re-upped the, the master plan there to come up with some ideas of what we what we could or couldn't do. And one of the options was to go down to nine holes or to eliminate golf altogether all at Soldiers Field. And Soldiers Field is, is a gift to the city to the city of Rochester for the Olmsted County youth. Um, to use and that used to be the track was there is there and that used to be the only track in town that's where they used to play football and the proposal was you know do we want to get rid of golf completely so in a nutshell we did a phone survey of the citizens of Rochester which is scientific and it turned out about three percent of people didn't want golf there the rest of them did like golf there so then the question becomes how do you pay for golf this is for the golf plan. We had a, a golf plan come in, a consultant come in and, and made some recommendations. And how do you pay for golf? And and so it came up that that in a nutshell that we'll up our user fees because they were low. And then we will um, take about $250,000 for the tax levy and, and put that into golf. Um, and so that $250,000 would work out to about $4 for average house. But in all reality, that 250 is the uppermost. You know, golf would get about $100,000 before, so so it won't even be that much. Um, and so that's kind of where they're settled on that. The park board, which is in charge of our parks, has voted that, that this is a good good plan for golf. And the city council, the first meeting, I hope on the consent agenda, will then confirm that that, because we've had enough meetings on it, that that's what we'll do. I just found out for the third year in a row no tax dollar levy dollars went into to golf um, that it was sustaining itself. So, which is a good thing because some people were blaming golf was doing well, but this last year golf has done better. The, the reality of golf is, is that, you know, if we have a wet spring and an early fall golf doesn't, doesn't make money. If it, if it breaks even we're lucky, um, but on a good season, they typically will. Their bigger problem is the CIP budget, which is the capital improvement budget. We have a gravel road leading to Northern Hills, which needs to be replaced. We need to update some of our, our restaurants and our and our clubhouses. And I think we need to look at that differently. The other thing that came out of this entire deal for golf is that we need to, to encourage people to use golf courses for in the wintertime for more cross-country skiing, more, more tubing, more of that kind of thing. I think you'll see that change. You'll see reservations be online that, that will help out golf quite a bit. We'll do a little bit better job of marketing which we haven't done in the past. Um, and so that's one of those things that I think was a good community involvement. So that's Soldiers Field. It's, it's everything south of, of the, the, the pool. Everything north of the pool is the Soldiers Field Master Plan. Everything south was the golf plan. Um, and we do have four golf courses. And, and you know, I was a supporter of the golf. Um, and I'm not a golfer. I always have to tell that to people. We also did a Silver Lake Master Plan. And the Silver Lake Master Plan is is just getting finished up. Um, we get that done, then we can go and and get it to be a regional park, which means that the state of Minnesota can give us some regional park money. Part of that issue was uh, the historic dam location and the historic site size of the 
like, and I'm using those words because that's what the state of Minnesota historic people said, that 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 dam location is historic and the size of the lake is historic. Trying to get that pool, and I think there's a 95% chance that we'll replace that pool with this and also have a splash pad. Um, they want to add on to the skate park there, but I think we'd like to have a new skate park. And I would like personally like to see um, um, pickleball have a facility at Soldier, at Silver Lake. The other one is is that we have a snow dump that's sitting there, 10 acres that that we no longer use. We moved it over to RPU, um, the old coal plant, so that we have 10 acres there. There's some idea that could we put a dog run in there? Could we put BMX biking in there? Um, that might be a neat location for BMX biking. Um, so that master plan is going to come back to us, and we'll see where we're at with that. Okay, with the decisions that you were talking about, the historical decisions, the location yeah. of the dam, yes. and what do you call it, the site size of the lake? The size of the lake, correct. Okay, will that affect the proposals to create some sort of, well, get rid of the dam and replace it with the rapids or whatever that concept plan that has been floated about and talked about for many, many years? I'm just going to be very, very clear on this. This is my opinion and my opinion and the state of Minnesota historic preservation people have said that our HBC committee has agreed to that and the city council has yet to um, grasp that or, or hasn't voted on that. Okay. The other side of that is, is that it's no longer in our bonding requests and no longer on our, 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 our plan to, to uh, redo the, the dam. And, um, you know, the dam is good for another 25 years. The dam would cost, what did we have, $17 million to replace the dam and, and create this lake. Um, the other side of that is, is they wanted to put a boardwalk in at $2.5 million. But we do need, we do need to get the dredging done at Silver Lake. And, and that's been delayed. And hopefully in the next year, we're going to go ahead with the dredging on, on Silver Lake. That's about a $5 million cost. And that comes out of the flood control um, fund. Is that being dictated by the adoption of a master plan for the park? Is that the reason for the delay in, in dredging? Um, the, the delay in the uh, dredging was is that that um, the $5 million would be used as a matching from the state of Minnesota. So if the state of Minnesota bonded for something, they want half of it to be local. And so that $5 million would be their local match. I don't think it's going to get done. Um, North Broadway at the bridge right there on the north side, I'm, I'm trying to push to get a pedestrian walkway underneath the, the, the road there when we redo. We're going to redo North Broadway from the bridge to Elton Hills. We should be able to get a pedestrian walkway underneath there, and that will, will save a lot of people from having to cross Broadway, um, which which I think will be helpful and, and save us some money. Okay. A lot of things to keep track of. It's a lot of moving pieces, that's for sure. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> I'm glad that you're excited by that, Sean. <laughs> well, as always, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to join us on the program and bring us up to date on some of the issues that you're dealing with in the city council and the city government. And, and I appreciate your uh, ability to have us done and hope everybody has a great holiday and, and behaves themselves and enjoys Rochester and uh, all the things that we have to offer. All right. That's Sean Palmer, Rochester City Council member on Rochester Today. I'm Andy Brownell. It's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Views, but Navaj is so amazing.